Welcome to One Health Wednesdays. This podcast aims to promote the principles of One Health and encourage professional development. Here's your host, Ginger Dixon. Hi, everyone. Welcome to One Health Wednesdays, a collaboration between LabOp Global and One Life Epi Solutions. I'm Ginger Dixon, and I'd like to introduce our two guests today, Janelle Jimenez and Kaylee McCoven. And ladies, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, nice to be here. Yeah, really excited. Thank you for having us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited to have two guests on today. This is this is different for us. Um, I think we just had one episode before where we had kind of like a, a group interview. So this is exciting for me. <laughs> um, with that, we'll we'll do things just a little bit differently, and um, I'll give you both the opportunity to kind of um, introduce yourselves and you know just talk to us a little bit about um, what you do and and how you got into um, into One Health. Great. Well, I will start. So my name is Janelle. Um, I currently work as the uh, manager for the AMR One Health Consortium. My background is in cell biotechnology as well as animal health um, and business. <laughs> so I'm pretty well-rounded in that aspect. Um, and I got into working with the AMR One Health Consortium by attending their virtual seminar series about three years ago. And then since then, I've just become more and more involved with their activities. Um, I, under- I got to understand how the University of Calgary has a One Health program and how AMR contributes to that. And yeah, I've just been on a wild roller coaster of AMR ever since. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I think that's kind of how it happens, right? You get really interested in something and it's just like a roller coaster from there on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Kaylee. What about you? Yeah, so um, I went to vet school thinking I was going to be a small animal clinician and quickly changed my mind. Um, so I decided to to specialize in kind of the public health realm, which led me to doing a, a master's in actually One Health in the UK. And then I met kind of the the larger consortium team through doing my, my PhD at the University of Calgary. So my my work focuses on uh, antimicrobial or antibiotic use and resistance, primarily in the dairy industry, with kind of a, a larger One Health focus. Um, and and yeah, I met the team kind of through that, and have been working with them since in the larger One Health at UCalgary and um, the consortium. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting, and and definitely also I like that you're working on this uh, resistance in the dairy industry. Definitely. Um, and I'd love to hear more about, you know, the, what y'all are doing with the, the AMR One Health Consortium. Yeah. So, um, currently oh, our consortium does so many different things. <laughs> we have an aspect that focuses on, uh, outreach. So providing information for our trainees and people involved in the consortium. And so, This is seen in our virtual AMR series that we hold every fall. And essentially, we have about 24 sessions where we get different industry experts to come in and give a presentation for an hour and a half. And then anybody can actually attend this. We have 
over 200 people that have signed up for this course, and they come from over 50 countries across the world. So it's a really interesting um, experience. We get to hear stories from people all the way in Africa or in the UK and how they deal with AMR. So I've been a part of that for the last three years, as I mentioned, and every year it grows and we learn more and more. So that's one way that the AMR Consortium contributes to the general community and for our trainees. Um, and then we also have our 32 research projects that we have um, under 10 different work packages that all focus on different aspects of antimicrobial resistance research with a One Health perspective. And I can go into more detail about those. <laughs> Kaylee, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I would just add that um, a really big focus for both Janelle and myself is is the research going on, but also kind of what the next steps of that research are. So we're a research group in the sense that there are, you know, we have all these research projects ongoing, but we really like to focus on the impact of that work um, in Alberta, specifically in Canada, but um, beyond that as well. So we we try to kind of offer the members of the consortium and all of the trainees um, additional opportunities that they wouldn't necessarily have in the traditional research realm. Um, to to expand their their skill set to really go beyond kind of the academic publication sense and really make impacts and, and change policy, for example, or you know link up with industry and make new products and move move forward in um, ways they wouldn't necessarily have thought that they were able to. That's exactly. Yeah, and thank you for sharing. I love, I love, love, love that y'all are expanding with this, this applied portion, you know, and that's something we talk about in the sciences in general is a lot of times we have all this great research that people are doing, but it's moving that into that second step, you know, really putting in place and putting in a policy and an industry. Um, that's so cool that y'all are offering those opportunities as well been a really fun thing to work on this year for sure especially with um kind of like looking at commercialization of some of the research projects so looking to see how we can really build something from what the researchers have been developing so far and that's one area that I focus on in the consortium yeah and that makes sense that's that that business coming into handy right there yeah yeah <laughs> um well that's neat what are have y'all seen some um you know, some projects move into that second step in the commercialization or or policy so far? Yeah, so on the policy front, uh, we've definitely had some policy briefs that have been published through the consortium and people are working on more. Um, Kaylee, did you want to discuss? Yeah, we, um, we actually just hosted a, a training workshop yesterday for our consortium members to to help them develop those skills and a lot of them are now at the stage where they can kind of consider that in their research and and figure out their next steps. So it is we are having a really big focus right now on um, the policy side and the commercialization side, depending on you know what's most appropriate for for the findings. But it's been really good so far, and we're also trying to talk to academics in general about kind of moving past the the notion of more research is needed which is how you know a lot of uh, academic journals always seem to end but mm-hmm. but really seeing what what can be said with what we know so far and and you know who can do what about it essentially yeah I like that. And I can absolutely attest to that. There's, I've written papers that say more research is needed at the end, you know? So 
Yeah. Yeah. I really like that point. Um, and what a cool training because the, the policy brief, you know, I, I'm working on one now and that is a skill to really, you know, you learn to write research and you learn, you know, how to speak to, um, you know, and share findings with an audience, but, but writing it into a policy brief is just a whole nother bear. It is. <laughs> I myself, I'm not an expert in the policy brief area and I learned a lot at our workshop yesterday. So it's very helpful. And it's like a particular part of science communication and science communication more broadly is, you know, another focus of ours, but really trying to make it clear and understandable what we're actually doing and have that kind of be passed along. So the general public understands the impacts of our work and, you know, a policy audience is one facet of that, but there's, there's a lot more that goes along with that and a lot of outreach that, um, is necessary. And we do kind of participate in some other outreach through the larger um, One Health at U Calgary and having, you know, public sessions in the evenings. Um, there's one just last night about accessible veterinary care, um, which are, you know, free for the public to attend and kind of learn about something new every month. So it's it's quite an interesting opportunity as well to to access things that, you know, you would traditionally have to go through an academic sense to to get information about. Definitely. And, and I like that you've made those, um, those free, you know, for people to attend and, uh, and then you're doing the outreach work. So with the, I'm just looking back here. So with the other, um, outreach activities and, and training, um, what are some of the areas that y'all are, are working on, you know, translating to the general public or, um, kind of moving into to practice? <laughs> I mean, there's so many. <laughs> I think... All right, if it's um, <laughs> yeah. um, well, one thing I will say is I know when I have conversations with my friends that like aren't in academia about what it is I actually do, a lot of them aren't really aware of like One Health as um, a concept or even antimicrobial resistance. So... One area that like I like to push is just telling people what it is and letting them know how it affects them. Just because a lot of people think like the stuff that people do research on, I don't know, it's they're disconnected from it, but like antimicrobial resistance is something that affects everyone. And so just getting the message out of what it is to the general public is something that I try to do and that we also do through the consortium in our events. Um, on a wider scope, One Health also does do work with um is it like a children's group with like our um, pollinator work, Kaylee? <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I forget the, the the age range now, but they do a lot of work kind of instilling the One Health concept into the, the younger generations, which is really cool. And uh, I first came across it in vet school. So if we can kind of get that message out there and have people understand more broadly what One Health is and you know, what AMR is and why they shouldn't be demanding antibiotics from their doctor or their veterinarian every time they go and kind of those broader messages. Um, yeah, it's been really interesting to have a, I guess, different, different kind of outreach and really focusing more on the general public, but also on the the younger generations and their education. Mm -hmm. That is, that's exciting. And definitely a huge advocate for, for education for youth. And 
you know, it's one of those things where the way kids develop, you know, their view of the world, um, if you can help to build that understanding, you know, of, of how these dynamics work at that age, you know, they grow up thinking that way, as opposed to some of us adults, you know, kind of having to relearn <laughs> how we deal with things, you know, how we deal with illness and um, things like that. And you mentioned pollinator work. Is it, is it, has there been some education around bees or is that a different, is that around something else? Yeah. So we had a pollinator party <laughs> and oh, it so was teaching <laughs> like, yeah, kids about um, how important bees are <laughs> to the environment. Um, yeah. And this event, I'm not sure if it happens yearly as I just started with the consortium, but we did have it last summer. Kaylee, did you attend? Yeah. That yeah. There was, um, there was a partnership through, I believe it's the Wagon Stage Theater Group um, in Calgary, and they, with a partnership one through um, One Health at U Calgary, kind of developed this play about pollinators and explaining, I guess, the broader One Health concepts. And yeah, it's very, very cute, very, uh, <laughs> very nice to see work being done at that level. <laughs> that is, that's so cool. I like the play idea. <laughs> Um, yeah, and you know, before we um, before the podcast, we were discussing some of the work that y'all do in um, addressing inequalities of, of marginalized groups, and I would love to hear more about you know how y'all are tackling that in the consortium. Yeah, so one of the goals of the consortium going forward is actually having more international partnerships in terms of grants that we are applying for and ones that we want to go forward with. So partnering with lower and middle income countries, just so we can learn more about like the steps they're taking for antimicrobial use mitigation and what they could benefit from learning from us and our environments. I know like a lot of people say it's, it's more important to do better testing and um, make sure that you confirm bacteria in samples before you actually give antibiotics out. But in a lot of labs, sometimes they don't have access to those same materials that we have, that we can do it quickly and effectively. So we can say those are better options, but we have to think about the audience that we're recommending those options to, because not everybody has access to the same antibiotics or materials or even um, like everything that is related to mitigating antimicrobial use. That's a very good point. It's a very good point, especially when you have settings that are really resource limited, you know, they're having to make a lot of empirical diagnoses based on just the the symptoms. Um, so definitely, I think that's excellent. They are really being a, a voice and a listener for, you know, those partnerships. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I, I would just add that, um, you know, as we've clearly been shown with um, the COVID 19 pandemic and you know and as we all know here that uh, amr is also a pandemic um there are unequal impacts and really bringing in the one health concept can help try and mitigate those and bring those to light and identifying through you know looking at the social determinants of health and um, just you know societal structure or you know sociology or, or economics in general and trying to to focus on those and, and ensure that uh, mitigation efforts for, you know, antimicrobial resistance are looking at these groups equally and, and trying to, to identify where additional resources are needed. Mm -hmm. And I would also like to add that there is a difference too between what each country 
is able to use and what they have access to. Like even between Canada and the U.S., certain antibiotics that people might use in the U.S., can't, like in Canada, we don't have access to, and it kind of changes our prescribing and what we can use in extreme cases with multi-drug resistant organisms, et cetera. So such a wide area, so many things. <laughs> As our uh, director likes to keep saying that bugs don't stop at borders and yeah. it's a global community issue rather than, uh, you know, something that we should be dealing with separately. Exactly. Yeah, no, they definitely don't. They definitely don't. And that's something I, um, I don't know if I should, I'm here in the, the Southwest area of the United States and where we border with Mexico and um, we do a lot of work with border health with that same idea in mind that, you know, infectious diseases really don't care about those country lines. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they like to travel. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah. And that is, that is really interesting to think about, you know, like you talked about how, uh, you know, there's different antibiotics, um, different resistance and different dynamics of resistance um, in each country. So uh, I think that's great that y'all are making sure that the research and, and focus is equal, you know, in those areas as well. And, and not making those broad generalizations, you know. <laughs> and, well, all good things. I, I am definitely excited that, that you'll have these in the place. And even the, I didn't mention before, but those, um, those virtual webinar series are fantastic. I have, uh, queued into a couple myself and they're great. Oh. I'm always like taking notes. <laughs> That's great to hear. <laughs> um, so yeah, please keep those coming. Lizzie. <laughs> that is the plan. <laughs> um, and you had mentioned, Janelle, that there's different um, there's different aspects of antimicrobial research that y'all are focusing on across these 32 projects. Do you maybe want to highlight a couple of the, the different aspects? Um, if they haven't been touched on already, if I want to make you repeat yourself. <laughs> yeah, like on a broader, we have different themes and pillars that the projects fall under. Um, that would be innovation and commercialization, prevention of transmission, and surveillance. And then within those We're also looking at societal education, um, policy and impact. There is, (laughs) oh, (laughs) I I always mix these up because we have such large themes. Uh, That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a long list already. (laughs) (laughs) But Kaylee, go ahead. (laughs) No, I was going to say, just add, you know, stewardship more broadly and, and, uh, just infection prevention and control and diagnostics in general is um, a large focus of a lot of our, our research projects. Yes. So then they work in animals, um, most of them like dairy, beef, um, but also wildlife to an extent as well. And then we work with uh, water systems and the environment and then humans as well. So we have those three areas that are being highlighted in all of the pillars and themes that we had just mentioned. Yeah, the 32 projects, I do know all of them, but like, it's a lot to go through, but they are featured on our website. So if anybody is interested in learning about all of them, they're there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and thank you. We'll definitely, we'll share that link so that people can go through and, and check out all the, the 32 projects. And it's um, a lot to remember. I, I wouldn't even remember a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, thank you all for sharing. Yeah, um, of course. Yeah, and with that, are there any other um, 
like resources or um, projects or outreach that's in progress that y'all want to share with, with the consortium? Well, there are some upcoming events that we um, are hoping to host in the new year. So one of them is another training opportunity um, held on our One Health department. So the One Health Summer Institute is something that we have every year. And we really want to open that up to international, but also trainees across Canada uh, to come and learn about One Health topics and um, participate in a week-long session uh, in the is it in Kananaskis every year? Yeah, it's, a, it's in Kananaskis. There's a, the University of Calgary has a Barrier Lake facility. Uh, it's wonderful. And it's a really great place to learn and kind of immerse yourself in the, the environmental component of One Health. And we kind of use that to our advantage in looking at the, the One Health concept and a lot of different themes. Um, AMR is, is one of them, but not just focusing on that and looking at um, all of the other connections between the sectors. Yeah. So it's like a week-long summer vacation for one of professionals. <laughs> last year, I kept calling it uh, a summer camp. So yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was wonderful. Um, yeah, it was a really great learning opportunity. And, and all of the, the students really enjoyed it. And the ability to connect and, and speak to their colleagues who they wouldn't have necessarily spoken to before in different um, working in different areas and their perspectives on these issues. And yeah, it was really wonderful to, to see them all come together and to participate in that. That is, that's excellent. And please do share us, share um, those details with us once that's uh, once that's opening up and we can share that with our audience as well. Um, I needed an adult summer camp. I, I need to go to that. <laughs> it was definitely like an adult summer camp. It was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Academic summer camp, I would say, but yes. yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Like I'll bring s'mores. It's good. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, and we'll definitely make sure to have an adult-based <laughs> uh, retreat in the Rocky Mountains as well. Um, we actually have our we started our annual retreat up again. So we get all of our PIs and collaborators involved with our research projects. And we go to Banff to discuss um, what we've done, learn more about how we can um, make our research more impactful. And yeah, it's a really good event. We'll be having it again next year and opening that up to more people to join. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. These are great upcoming events. And, and yeah, please share the details with us and we will get those out to folks. Yeah. Definitely well. <laughs> well, at this point, we we like to ask, um, and I think you both are in a great position to to offer this. But we ask if y'all have any advice for um, students, people early in their careers or transitioning into one health um, that you'd like to offer. That's a really good question, Kaylee. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I. Um... I have a couple of things. One, I would say don't don't shy away from things you like just because you feel like they don't fit into your current path. Example being, I was um, very dedicated on getting into veterinary school <laughs> during my youth, and I was fortunate enough to do that, but I also didn't want to limit my other interests, and I ended up doing a, a minor in anthropology. And and now that really comes in handy. And I, I love that I have the opportunity to get that background before I went to veterinary school and kind of started learning more about how the, the social side really um, plays into the One Health concept more broadly. And it was a really 
great opportunity for me to have that background early on and, and play into that as well as I went through my my master's in One Health. And the other thing is, um, don't be afraid to change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Going into to planning on being a small animal clinician, and, and now I'm doing this, which I absolutely love. Um, but it, it was definitely kind of a, an adjustment to to realize I wasn't going to be doing what I initially thought. But I just, you know, had to to deal with that and go for it and and see where it took me. And yeah, I'm really happy with the the path that I'm on now. That is great advice, and very very true on the anthropology. That's actually something that. Um, other guests had mentioned too of you know how much we need that anthropology insight in in public health and in one health so definitely great advice thank you yeah and I guess if I was to add to what Kaylee has said like don't be afraid to pivot in your career sometimes you have a full plan but you kind of have to like go where things take you naturally (laughs) for me I would say that's how I ended up in the AMR scope um Prior to working with the consortium, I was doing research in livestock genetics. And prior to that, I was actually in scientific sales. So I just fell into all these areas, but they've all taught me so much. And I've learned so much from all of the jobs that I've had. And they've all come together, actually, in the end. So it worked out really well. And I had a plan, but I just kind of let um, I let things fall as they did. And I really appreciate that. But also, there's a lot to be learned from working in different disciplines. And as we go like forward with the AMR One Health Consortium, we are transdisciplinary. And it's good to know how different disciplines work so that you can relate to different people on different um, areas. And I really appreciate that. So yeah, don't be afraid to do everything. <laughs> Kaylee and I are really good at that. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Definitely great advice. And and yeah. Um, I like the don't be afraid to pivot and <laughs> things kind of tend to all come together, you know, and things have a way of merging. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thank you. And I want to thank you both, you know, for joining us today and sharing more about the work that you're doing and these opportunities for one health professionals and definitely share those with our audience so they can join in and, and learn more as more as well. Um and we'd like to give you a moment here to thank anyone that, that you guys would like to that's helped you along the way. Oh, no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I always feel like sometimes here it's like, oh, if I don't name someone, I'm going to be in trouble. <laughs> I can always go back and add them. <laughs> yeah, I I would like to thank our really wonderful team at the consortium and at, at One Health at UCOGRI. They're just fantastic to work with and we're really a, cl- a really collaborative group um, and just enjoy kind of bouncing ideas off of each other. And it's been a really positive uh, experience working with them. And yeah, for, you know, professors who, who basically told me what we just said, not being afraid to to kind of follow your path, however convoluted it may be. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a good impromptu Oscar. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. <laughs> Um, yeah, I also would just like to thank the um, One Health at UCalgary group and the AMR One Health Consortium for giving me a chance to be a part of the group and for setting up these opportunities for me to learn more about the area. Um, I guess we should thank our director, Herman Barkova. <laughs> He's kind of important. 
Um, but yeah, I really appreciate the things that I've learned and our group that we work with because everyone is so excellent and so talented and it's been a really good learning experience thus far. Yeah. And just, yeah. I mean, Janelle and I are just a package deal now, so we just yeah. keep working together. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. We'll have to make like a, like a ship name, like KL or like. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll need joint business cards at some point, I'm sure. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I like it. Well, thank you both again. And we wish you luck on your One Health adventure and, and keep doing the good work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. <laughs> thank you. To support the mission of One Health Wednesdays, Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify and remember to leave a rating and review. You can find us on all social media channels and at onehealthwednesdays.com.